All right, mic check one, two, one, two. This is Akai We Did, a podcast. Yeah! Come from a beautiful place, man. With all sorts of different types of people, you know? Just think I'll take some time to say hi to you guys. Check. Mama will be ballish. Mama bro will be bubuashi. Me my latte be a koshi. Sakuma no if I no kai you. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What happened? We haven't been here in a very long time. Rifa, you don't miss me. I miss you, stupid. Oh. oh. But you don't call, you don't text, you don't I write. I have Rifa's number, man. Yeah. No, you see, no, no that's a big problem. Mr. Wadi's relationship with that woman number before, so it don't be anything. The love was via email. It just means it was a child because like, like, her face was like, oh God, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, it was hell. <laughs> Is this the time you want to confess? It's fine, I mean. Confess that what? I don't know. Look, I'm broken hearted. I cry also hope lost by two goes to one today. Your yeah, sushi dying. football is finished. That, that's what you get when you, you pick up fake fans. Fake fans? Yeah. Nah, it don't be like that. You don't know have a certain people are hard to fake fans. But we have to support what's local. No, not you. No, me I be called a fan actually, but then because Accra we did. So I have to support Accra. Oh, really? Basically. Fabulous all day. Fabulous all day, like. I have a photo jersey, like it's here right now. I think she's talking about how she looks all day. I mean, don't don't make mistakes. (laughs) Slay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a sad day for everybody. There are so many people arguing in front of the stadium. Are you serious? All trying to figure out. People get time. (laughs) They were the referee messed the game up, so they were flying water bottles at the referee and everything. And then police had to actually get a referee out of the stadium. Because it looks like <laughs> the last some time that happened. fixed something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he accepted an offside goal and um, two he didn't he didn't take two penalties from a car also folks. So everybody was upset. I see. So it was fixed. Yeah, so it's a bad day in a crowd today. So it's yeah, a it's football fan. When it's convenient. When is it convenient? To be a football fan, yeah. when well, there's nothing else happening, and you're looking for something to do. Have you been to a game at the stadium? Not this one. The Kumasi been? one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's goals. <laughs> That's goals. Yeah. Like, That's black, kind of black stars. Is it, is it better when you go there? Oh, man. Kumasi, they jump. Like... They have fever and spirit. <laughs> oh no, they don't throw fufu at <laughs> Very funny. I mean, I, growing up, I heard like when Kotoko a day a game in Kumasi and like fufu say. Nobody yeah, people food. will not eat. It's true. Oh, wow. Ah, that's so annoying. I said fufu say. Say Sunday, yeah, wufu. But how can you waste food? Go and see that market. Then we can kiss the day. Ah, you know, you say somebody in team lose in throwing TV away. <laughs> uh, 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 you know it's okay let's go home I think that's cool because there was a guy who was playing PS and he lost the football game and he threw his controller at the, game, at the TV look at it then what happens how do you redeem yourself I mean now, now they will love you more if we miss score again, like I would just retire. Like, yo, I score niggas and they smash your TV. Like, I'm done. I'm not playing FIFA anymore. I've reached my pinnacle. Yeah, that's goals. Yeah, you can retire you can on retire, a high move to an island. You see. Cool.
Which of the island? Oh, any island. That's the island we get from Ghana. Oh no, island. Oh, one island is the bridge top. The the huh? the baller just <laughs> they were inside. Oh. We it didn't look like we flew walking down. As you talk baller, somebody's attitude change. I mean, she's not she like our official baller won one this year. We are just like she didn't drive a baller truck here. Like I shock. wish you had. You know, oh, I, really I don't do that can. on the weekends, you know. Because then oh. she wants to follow you one day. Look, I'm coming. You are, like in your truck. That's totally, that's totally cool. I'm coming. Listen. It would be very uncomfortable, but that's totally cool. Uncomfortable for who? For both of us, with our hips and things. How are we oh. going to fit inside? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that I can hang on the side yeah, or something. I just go change the number plate for the car, top, right? Do not power. <laughs> Shout out to shout out to TCD. Anyway, oh, I didn't even notice. Man. Yeah, Shit. my favorite T-shirt. Man. Anyway, mm. but yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. And the the bucket inside go make tight, but we go manage. manage, manage. If I have to do like some small setups, jumping jacks before, oh, we'll make it work. We'll you just like work. me. You got thunder ties. Don't even try it, man. You oh. can't do anything about oh. those things. Sometimes people think it's going to rain, but it's just me walking downstairs. Cockiness of us. I'm really tired at this point. <laughs> Can I go and rest in the <laughs> You know, when the thick comes into the st- studio, then it's a problem. Like, Always yeah. a problem. <laughs> the, the first earthquake in Ghana. That was the day I was born. You see? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try and be a little formal. Uh, so it's unnecessary. Yeah. It's anyway, go, well, it's a, it's a wonderful day at Smoke and Refit. We have the <laughs> 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 we have the official. Fam, like if you look at the engineers, it's just like their names. Like one is called smoke, one is called reefer. Like <laughs> it took us like three weeks to figure it out. Right? Fam, I'm just actually doing it outside. <laughs> There's no smoke without the reefer. Stay high, man. Stay high. Yeah, you guys, nah, you guys, man, you guys. They act like funny thing. None of them smoke too. That's the funny thing. How do you know? I asked. You asked. I asked. You didn't witness, you didn't spy, you didn't stalk, you just asked. Oh. I mean, I was looking for a smoky compadre, so I asked, and I go, nah. Anything can happen behind closed doors. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you don't put these things, there's no smoke without Rifa. There's no smoke. Anyway, but yes, you don't just come up with these names. <laughs> just like, oh, I just like the way it changed. sounds. But yes, we have a resident Bola woman in the studio mm-hmm. today. We are so excited yeah. about this. Episode we've madam, been trying to set madam. it up for how many weeks now? Ah, plenty. Ah, somebody was jamming, jamming on her birthday, so you know she figured she'd be too hungover to make it today. You only turned thirty-one once. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't turn thirty-one forever. If you, if you try those really people, hard. Those people in denial. I'm not one of them. I, I love, I love Seventeen you. years since, like, yeah, since ni- 1901. <laughs> <laughs> He helped God name the animals. <laughs> and you are no Isaac. Oh. Is this a lovely spot? Make somebody you want twenty percent when she takes it right. Please let the let the baller woman. Yes, introduce yes, so herself. please, yes. Introduce yourself to our wonderful listeners. Cool. Uh my name is Echa. Full name. A queer, a char, a poor in Chroma. Um, I just put my secret name out there. Uh, you won't find it on any documentation except my birth certificate. 
Okay. I am. Um, I'm a sanitation engineer. Oh wow! Sanitation. I am an environmental technologist. Okay. I am a waste to resource scientist. All of that, in short, I'm a baller. Zoom live. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not like one of those people who as a basso visa and then they are just mm. following like. That's what I studied in school. Wow. Yeah. So visionary shit right there. That's my trained career. Like that's my profession. Yeah. So Rifa is looking at you like he's he's amazed. He hasn't heard that like someone is actually a baller woman. Like well, and that's that's what I do. I um. Okay. So make us spit my CV. Yes. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God, where do I start? I, I'm a Yas Antwa old girl. Yas. Yep. Have you went to Yas, right? Yes, she did. She's my junior. Yeah. Yeah. Entepe and all that. Uh, She was on the... Yeah, she was entertainment prefect. Uh, She used to run. She, I, I don't know about the running. She she was some years behind me, so I wasn't paying so much attention, but I knew... Why wasn't the food? Nah, she used to run. As, oh. in, as in like an athlete. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I studied environmental science and technology. I also studied biosystems engineering. Um, I started working in sanitation in 2009. Uh, I've done lab work. Uh, a lot of research and then I've been back in Ghana working for like the past eh, it's like getting to five years wow I came back in Ghana like 2012 beginning so okay four years Um, right now I work for a waste management company called Jekora Um, J-E-K-O-R-A look it up Zoom Line is not the only waste management company in Ghana they are like about more than 10 or something. That's oh, that, no, there are more than 10 in Accra. <laughs> if we, I mean, as in within the environs of <laughs> AME, yeah. not even Adenta. Super wonderful. If we, if we get, <laughs> if we get out, there's like, there's so many, so many companies, big ones, small ones, medium-sized ones. We are like in the medium-sized range. Um, I'm head of innovations there, so I'm responsible for outreach programs and recycling. Um, we do a lot of waste separation and, um, Workshops and seminars and what's waste appreciation? Well, basically, uh, we encourage people to not put all of their waste into one bin. Okay. But we encourage them to separate it, like plastics over here, paper over there, food, food, yeah, like that. Exactly. And um, we have different crews with different trucks that pick up different streams, and then we make sure it gets recycled. So we recycle plastic, paper. We just started exploring with glass. Um, we recycle organic waste into compost. So I sort of o- oversee that department. That's, that's dope. Like yeah. Innovation, innovation in Bola. Pretty much. We are, <laughs> like, my job like, is to make Bola right sexy. <laughs> 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 so that's that's pretty much what I live for. I also blog. Um, my blog is called The Green Ghanaian. Um it actually grew from a blog to an NGO, so now it's the Green Ghanaian Initiative. Um, we are about six or seven bloggers in all, covering everything from sanitation to coastal matters to 
renewable energy to um, green politics to natural resources. And um, we are trying to make our online environmental resource center like a one-stop shop for everything environment in Ghana. Um, it's a lot of work, but um, it's a lot of fun. And it's quite rewarding, especially when you know you, you blog and then your, your post gets picked up. And people read your post on air, and that was really cool. Um, shout outs to City FM. <laughs> I, I knew it was good. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see that coming. I had no idea. They, I was just, li- I just happened to be listening, and then all of a sudden they started reading. I was like, like, whoa. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, and then out of the Green Ghanaian Initiative, we started experimenting with. Um, events and places and then we ended up by accident giving birth to another company called Ecoplanis. So like people What's who plan in- partner? Hmm. Um Eric Sarah Mabledu. Shout out to him. He he was very instrumental in birthing birthing that uh, concept. Um but basically we used to go to events and help people separate their waste. Like at the events, and then like take it away and make sure it got recycled. I think I've seen. Were you guys at Chaliwate? We year? were at Chaliwate. Yeah, because yeah. I have a I picture am. of somebody. Mm. Like he had like a shirt. And yeah, like, exactly. So what actually ended up happening was we we experimented with it a few times in 2014, just like sort of playing around, mm-hmm. and then um, there was this uh, basically like a startup competition for environmentally mm-hmm. friendly um, ventures or you know projects, and we applied. And we got shortlisted, and then we had to go for a boot camp at Ashesi University. Mm-hmm. So after two days of boot camping, then we pitched. So we were one of the seven finalists after pitching. And then we basically got, like, you know, mentoring and some small some coins. So that actually helped fund what we did. <laughs> I wasn't popular then. You didn't know me then. So that actually uh, contributed a lot to what we did at Chaliwate. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. used some of the money to do that. Um, and the whole idea was they wanted us to do the concept like big mm-hmm. and like show what it looks like on a larger scale because we have been doing it like soppy soppy. So that one we had, we had about 30, 40 volunteers between the two days. Mm-hmm. Everybody had T-shirts and they were like gloves and they had like rubbish pickers and we, you know, we sort of gave them a rundown on how they are supposed to do everything and we got so much waste. <laughs> but but that's the point for us to get the waste and not for the waste to be on the ground. So um, it was a lot of work. At a point, I was on roller skates from one side of uh, the high streets. <laughs> You're on roller skates. Yeah, I was on roller skates because I was trying to... I had about 13, 14 different stations mm-hmm. where people were standing by the bins, making sure people were doing the right thing. Because mm-hmm. in my experience, putting the bins there, it's not guarantee of anything. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to... The idea or the concept is like it's supposed to transform the event venue into like a learning space. So it's not just, okay, beans are there for fashion, but rather people who attend will actually end up learning something before they leave. So the volunteers become like teachers. So they are by the stations and then whenever somebody's around, they make sure they show them how to use it appropriately. So I had to monitor that. 
And you know, Chalawati is like along the whole high street, like yeah. from Gamache Development Agency all the way down mm-hmm. to like Old Kingsway. It's a long stretch. It's a long stretch. How am I going to keep going up and down, back and forth? So I decided. When we started in the beginning, the crowds were not there. So I was skating for a while, and then it just got too outrageous, and then the people, the the crowd was so thick. So then I, 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 I put them down, and it was. I'm look. I'm trying to imagine her as roller skating. Okay, so I mean, there's there's video of it. So, um, I'll probably have to get my hands on it, and at a certain point, it will come out into the wild. But right now, it's like in some archive somewhere. Okay. Yeah, we plan to do some promotional videos to like help us reach out to people who would want to use our services like on a more permanent basis. I mean, we are trying to grow it into something that anybody at any time can request. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we are doing something here. We really want you guys to be around. Blah blah. blah. You give us some coins. We show up. We do our thing. We carry our ball and we go away, <laughs> and everybody's happy. So, yeah, that's the idea. So, I'm quite a busy chick. Um, sort of a workaholic. I'm not in denial of that. Um, but yeah, almost everything I do is centered around environment in one way or the other. Either getting waste here and there, teaching, being on the field, mm-hmm. training other people, whatever it is. So. Is Jacora the only like waste management company that like focuses also on recycling? Because I know we are one collect. of the few. I won't say we are the only company. We are the only Ghanaian AMA accredited company. Mm. There are some companies that are foreign that have tried to that you know do that offer that, but they're not like uh, should I say I don't say certified, but we have accreditation. Mm. Okay. So we are the only uh, accredited company in Accra that does that. Okay. Yeah. So you have a plant and everything, and mm-hmm. what happens when you separate? You have your plastics. What goes? Mm-hmm. For most, that's like the complaint, right? A lot of people complain about. Okay, well now you've recycled. What next? Like, what, I mean, you separated. What next? What do we do with? Well, it depends on. Okay, so like waste management in Accra is pretty jurisdictional. Mm-hmm. So every company has like a certain area or mm-hmm. zone that they're responsible for. If you're not in my zone, I can't leave Osu. And come all the way to East Legon just to come and pick your small plastic. Sorry. <laughs> so if the company that is responsible for your area is not into that, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's not like mandated by law for the companies to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like our company on our own decided that is the direction that they want to go. And that's how the innovation department right. came about in the first place. So it sucks that people who try to do the right thing at home, mm-hmm. they don't have an outlet. We are hoping... Um, very soon, maybe in a couple of months, if things go as planned, we'll be able to develop some drop-off centers mm-hmm. so that even if we don't service your area, you can come to the drop-off center and come and drop your stuff off and at least it will sort of bridge the gap in a way. But, you know, behind closed doors, we're also pushing for some of these things to be a bit more legalized and a bit more common. But it's not easy because mm-hmm. the concern is so much with get the rubbish off the street that it's not the connection hasn't been made like oh if you separate that actually helps but it's more like oh i know yeah bonus so let's do this first and then think about that later it's like no think about them together because they actually work so ignorance in the system is <laughs> difficult so when did you decide that this is what you were interested in when was the Oh uh-huh. gosh, that is, like a, that is a story. <laughs> that is a story. That is a story. Um, okay, so 
the decision happened in school. What happened was when I I left Yasantua, um, I was going with computers and some teacher advised me I should go and study computer science. So I applied. I went to school um, in the U.S. in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I got in computer science first semester. I'm like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. Main pen programming, pen, 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 pen. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, ooh, it was not for me. It is too antisocial of a science. I cannot. I'm too much of an extrovert. I'm too hands-on to behind a, behind a computer 24-7 thinking about algorithms. Like, no. So I was basically almost like failing. And it was like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. But I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I changed my course like three, four times. I went from computer science to, I think, physics or something. I did mechanical engineering for a while. And it was just like... I'm not seeing my life up. So <laughs> I, I was I was worried. I was really, really, really like freaking out. And then I went to go and see this career advisor guy and I was just talking to him. I was crying, like, oh my God, what am I gonna tell my parents? And then he was like, Oh, you know, there's this new course called Biosystems Engineering. I think you can try. I'm like, huh? What's biosystems engineering? So I was like, no, from the way you're talking, I think you really like it. You should uh, last resort. <laughs> and I went there. I got into the, I got into the department, and it was just like, "Where have you been all my life?" <laughs> I absolutely like. I was like, "Ooh, Love oh man!" <laughs> everything was just sparkling to me. It's like, <laughs> then I then because you know I'm one of those people. I've always sort of been good at school, not like really struggled too much. So to be in school and just like not seeing what I'm doing is just. Charlie, it, it can it can it can mess up with your emotions. Like I was, so now I'm like, huh? Now I'm coming back to my original self, and um, it was it was a, a very very good experience. So what ended up happening? I started getting involved in research. So I worked with a professor trying to convert wood waste into biodiesel. That was like my first. Is not uh, wood waste charcoal? No. Not necessarily. Sawdust. Not necessarily. I mean, Sawdust is lumber waste. That, there's nothing like wood waste. Wood Hold on. Waste. Let me let me explain. Okay. Maybe in your African context, <laughs> yes. wood doesn't go to waste. <laughs> Fine. Um, so this was a, the background situation was actually that it was a paper factory. So they have a wood lot where they've planted trees plenty and then they harvest the trees to make paper. But there are some aspects of the wood that don't go to paper. And in that part of the States, there's nothing like charcoal. So it was, yeah, it was waste, essentially. So it's like, okay, what can be done with it? Oh, the university is there. Give it to them. Let them see what they can do. So we do, <laughs> we are looking for uh, points. Yeah. So we are also experimenting. We are in the lab, fetri, fetri, like that, yourself. you see. Um, so I think that was... Where I had, should I say, my first taste, okay? And then, unfortunately, I didn't graduate. Long story, series of unfortunate events. I had to quit school for a while. And then I ended up transferring to University of Maryland. When I got to University of Maryland, I said, oh, that's your bio engineering. We don't do it here. Oh. So, oh, 
So what do you have? They say, oh, we have environmental science and technology. It's borderline something like what you were doing. I said, hmm, okay, we go take on like that. So then I transferred and then I was schooling there. And I got involved with another laboratory through sheer persistence, just bugging the professor until she couldn't ignore me anymore. And um, I got involved with a project where there was this guy from Sierra Leone. He won like some plenty money to start this business in his village. And basically the concept is uh, there are people who in the village, they, they farm oil palm. And then through local manual ways, they make palm oil, but it's not very lucrative. So they want to mechanize the process and create a cooperative where all the farmers will come together and like use their machines to make plenty, plenty oil and sell. But the problem is that, you know, like, okay, fine, when you're making like a bengkwain, you know, you have what becomes the soup, that brown water. Yeah. When you're making oil, yeah. you don't use yeah, that. You, you just take the oil off and then that water becomes wastewater. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've ever poured that, poured that water like on the ground before on a plant, yeah. it will kill it. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's toxic. Very wow. Very even on the so, sand, it gets muddy. Yeah, it's yeah. toxic. So if you are doing it on a large scale, all the brown water that you create is toxic water. You're not supposed to release it into any water body, into the soil. You're supposed to treat it before you release it. So they did some more digging around and they realized this water actually has a very good potential to produce biogas. So what we are going to do is basically you are going to put all the farmers together, give them this machine, Mechanize their process. They will make plenty oil and sell and get plenty money. Then take the wastewater from the process, make biogas, convert the biogas into electricity, use the electricity to power their machines. Then it goes all around full circle. So this guy came up with this idea, and the white people were so excited. $75,000. So this professor was one of the professors that was helping him in developing the technology and all that. So she was responsible for the wastewater side. And she happened to be in my department, the only lady professor in my department. So, like, the project was beginning to start, and she was like, oh, you're also from Africa, eh? We are doing this project, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so if you want, you can tag along with us to some of our meetings. Oh, I'll be there. I'll go, I'll follow her, we'll go, come. And she was like, oh, we're supposed to be hiring a student to be working on the research, but you don't qualify. So, hmm. You don't qualify. I wish she was listening right now. So, so um, we are going to put an advert out to uh, get, you know, shortlist candidates. And two weeks, nobody had applied. I said, see my God. <laughs> I went back to this woman. And she was like, hmm, the deadline is approaching. We haven't gotten any applications. Okay, let's try you and see. So I did one semester... Um, doing biogas research. And that was like my taste too. I think that's when I really got baptized into the whole... Um, yes. Um, so actually what I had to do was because they don't farm oil palm in North America, I actually had to call a friend here, do Kululu with him. He went to Drabi, to the oil mills there. Yes. To the oil mills there. To go and confiscate. Not from the oil mills. It's around that side. Yeah. To go and confiscate some of their wastewater. 
package it for me some styles. Mm-hmm. Send it via DHL. Let them ship it to me to the lab. For me to- oh yeah, we also before. <laughs> we also before breaking laws and things, but we just did Wait, it. But they didn't know it was toxic. No, because what we do is we have these. Um, we call them sample bottles. Yeah. They are like maybe it's something similar to like the big Baltic. Yeah. But they are opaque. They are brown. You can't see through them. I can tell you anything is inside. When oh. So I can tell you it's juice. It's whatever. So we just found some story and then I, mean, I had the, and he froze it. Totally blocked. Okay. Yes. And then by packages, I told him what to do, gave him all the filler and then. <laughs> they shipped it. So that's what I used to do the experimentation. And after the semester was over, I'm thinking, oh, okay, at least I've got my three points. Let me leave it. Then this woman says, no. The first, the guy was like, oh, he wants me to work for the company full time. I'm still a student, by the way. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, you're good. So, okay, fine. Then the professor, too, also said, Oh, she's looking for somebody to manage the lab. So she wants to hire me as her lab manager. I almost said no. And the Sierra guy was like, hey, are you crazy? You better take that job. And I was like, it would be too much. And she was, he was like, it's an opportunity. Take it. So I was lab manager, lead researcher, full-time student. All and big sister of five, all at the same time. And it was crazy, but I loved it. <laughs> Mama's eat. Mama's eat. I haven't I haven't like been given what do they call it? What do they call when your parents give you money? Very I like anything of one of those ways in a long time. So it was a necessity for me to always have some point of income whilst I was schooling and I got lucky in the sense that I was able to use a very academic opportunity yeah. to also, mm-hmm. you know, make money. So that sort of really baptized me into the whole thing. And after that, I th- for me, it's always been there are opportunities in taking care of our environment. I'm not doing it because God brought me to the earth to preach to everybody why we should all be green. No. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. None of that. None of, none of that fuzzy stuff. None of that fuzzy stuff. It's very, very, very practical and rational. There are opportunities. There is money in taking care of our environment. And I sort of take it as my personal mission to find those opportunities, to exploit those opportunities. And to make you look twice like, oh, we didn't know that could do that. Now, we want, we want to, you know, also... F- a billion for baller. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's exciting in that way. Like, you're in some area that nobody really wants to deal with. Yeah. So, no job competition. You're just all on your own. <laughs> yeah, like, there's some job right now for some sanitation position in Kumasi. It has been going wrong. I'm like, nobody's applying. Yeah, four thousand dollars a month. Pay. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking how how long will it take me to put together? <laughs> a, a CV. It's a it's, it's a it's a it's a very uh uh 
it's very it to be a very tasking job. Mm-hmm. I've had people send it to me like, oh, won't you apply to live 4K dear? And I'm like, I actually really, really, really like my job. Mm-hmm. And I won't quit it for money. I know. It's it's a lot of money, but it's I guess worth. It, it goes in line with the work. Right? Yeah, it involves a lot of headache. Yeah. So, mm, that's kind of what happened. And then, along the line, I was about graduating. And then, within my course, you are required to do an internship. If you don't do an internship, you can't graduate. And one girl in my lab told me, or suggested to me, like, why did you go and do your internship in Ghana? And I was like... Because my uncle had been um, calling me like, oh, you should come home. And I'm like, I can't just come home and have to do this internship thing. And I was applying to all these internships and nobody was, not even one interview. It's it's I I think back on these things and I find this so uh, funny you know. I mean, American people take ballers now, so yeah. <laughs> I, I I was applying left, right, and center. Nobody was minding me, and so I decided, okay, let me test the waters and see what's out there. So I started sending messages, sending Facebook, Twitter, DMs, whatever, whatever. Like, oh, do you know anybody who does any work in the environment? I'm looking for to do an internship. Blah blah blah. Then just so happens I sent a message to this chick sitting beside me. Aww. And she gave me the hookup of hookups. Uh, please, can this chick please introduce herself? Um, hi, Jamila. Uh, Jamila. Please, what do you do? Uh, writer, blogger, digital consultant. Digital consultant. Only heavier than mine. Digital consultant. We have a digital consultant and a baller. Look, there's only half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just the go out and go look through this and form new words for no. myself. <laughs> Every time somebody says, I, we don't know, there's nothing to do in Ghana. And I remember the people that we've met on the podcast. I'm like, are you sure? It's not possible. Are you it's, sure? It's, it's, it's not true. It's never true. People are not innovative. Are you sure? Me, with <laughs> experience, especially the level I've reached now, I'm not very high, but at least I'm somewhere. The level that I have, I, I am some people's boss. The level I've reached now, I've realized some people they want money, but they don't necessarily want to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has been my experience. Like a lot of Ghanaians. That they has been money, my experience. Like you meet somebody, they're like bugging you. Oh, I need job. 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 Then you give them an opportunity, mm-hmm. and let them get like three months pay, and start buying yourself one new pair of drawers, one new blazer, and one new dress. Then. All of a sudden, I've, I've made it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That's it. And, and you, you can't even get them to even think. And it's just like, so do I fire you? Daniels, <laughs> <laughs> they want money. They want to look the part, but they don't want to work. And they sure as hell don't want to think. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. That, that's been my experience. And I mean, I won't generalize, but so many situations I've come across. And whew, I had a sad, sad epiphany this past week. I had to make a confession to my boss. I've always advocated for hiring females. I will go out of my way to make sure I hire a chick. If it's a job a chick can do. Because there are some jobs... Not that a chick can't do it, but 
it's just not good for business if it's a girl doing it. Sometimes it's just like that. And last week, I had to go to my boss and confess and say, my mom is also. <laughs> because so timid and shy and oh, and then they look down on the guy. It's like, what is wrong with you? You've got a brain, you've got a bachelor's degree, two arms, two legs. What else do you want in life? It's so frustrating. So, yeah, I don't know. No more. Anybody, <laughs> any, anybody who says there's nothing to do in Ghana is just yeah. lazy. I'm sorry. Jamila, do you feel that way? Um, that there are opportunities, yes. And that people don't necessarily want to work, yes. <laughs> it's true. She said it talk about sisterhood matters? That was amazing, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you want to know about it? I know about it. Okay. People don't know about it. So. Okay, so um, I guess going off of what you just said about always trying to help women get through the door uh, if you think that they have the qualifications or that they can do the job. I think it really ties into the whole idea of sisterhood matters. Um, perhaps more than our families, it always tends to be our friends as women, our female friends who impact us the most, who either encourage you or dissuade you who make you the giggly person or the person who actually, you know, voice out her concerns and so on. Um, but I got back to Ghana in October and I've generally been around women who are very proactive, who know what they want, very, very capable of doing whatever they put their minds to. And I found it interesting that there seemed to be a dynamic where women were, the, you know, the PhD syndrome, they had graduated to PhD. And so essentially, even if there was another woman who was doing great work, they started feeling threatened by that woman. And so they would, if there were opportunities, they'd find a way to make sure that woman never oh, got right. those opportunities. Yeah. Um, and specifically with shea butter, because I'm just going to be straightforward. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Specifically, I'm sure there are other areas, but the one that kind of stood out to me was with share butter, because I feel like um, quite recently you've seen a lot of Ghanaian entrepreneurs focusing on share butter or focusing on the agro-business area. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and making beauty products out of it. And there, I would say there are easily five to seven pretty good brands that are coming out that you know that you're going to get a certain quality of processed shea butter products, right? I mentioned three off the top of my head. Go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't paid us. No, I <laughs> they haven't paid us. Okay, no, no pitching. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, that's the situation. But instead of these entrepreneurs drawing together... They're blocking pathways for other people coming in because they feel threatened. But I have a friend who makes excellent chair butter. I'm not mentioning any names. Excellent chair butter to the point that I will vouch, vouch for it and I have many times. And it just takes telling someone to smell it or just feel it and they're calling her nonstop for, for, for some chair butter, right? So she tries to get into um, some of these fairs and we have s- scenarios where... People will call the fair organizer 
other women specifically mm-hmm. will call the fair organizer and tell her <laughs> if you let this girl come to the fair or have a table at our fair that means we're not going to sell anything hey. yes and it's happened like two, or, two or three hey, times just make your product better like, thank you <laughs> so it's happened like two or three times and in my mind i'm like if this was in the us or somewhere else these women would come together and form a cartel and then they will set the prices for everybody else, including exactly. people who are outside the country, yeah. right? But why are we not doing that? Because we think the spaces are too small well, or there's not enough. Honestly, like, when you look at the women at Mabala, that's what they do. Exactly. They have a cartel and then they, they take the price of all provisions and everything in, not yeah. even Accra, the whole Ghana. Yeah. They do, when Nestle gives them whatever, like, oh, a tin of Milo is like seven CDs from Nestle. Like, oh, we are selling 11 CDs. Each of them are selling like that. And then, so when people are complaining about prices, they are just there chilling because they, <laughs> they actually manipulate the prices. Yeah. So I get what you're saying with that. Exactly. So like that's an opportunity, yeah. right? That's an opportunity to not just set higher prices or prices that actually um, put value to the kind of work you're doing, exactly. but also to scale up an entire okay. industry. Mm-hmm to formalize an industry and scale it up and set standards. If you feel like she's doing something that is making her products sell, she's more likely to tell you when there's a trust system between you. Mm-hmm. And, and even this particular friend will tell you anyway. But by virtue of the fact that you don't even let her into the spaces, like how are you going to know how she's doing some of these things? So anyway, this is, I mean, this was... I guess this was really the thing where I was just like, this is just ridiculous, right? Um, and March was International Women's Month. Most people tend to focus on International Women's Day. And then after that, it's kind of like there's nothing going on. So we figured that it would be good to sustain the conversation. Um, also, another example, I went to Wesley Girls, all women's. Um, and then I went to Mount Holyoke College, all women's. So, <laughs> so we have all the women in the studio right now all went to girls' school. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Right, cool. Um <laughs> and 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 the interesting thing there, especially at Mount Holyoke, was that we would apply for jobs and since we were mostly Ghanaian or African women, you know, there's a certain profile of jobs that you're gonna all be applying for, right? Or in some cases, even if it's not the same profile, but the fact that you're a black woman from an African country, it means they you will stand out in some way. So you can imagine like one position, about 20 of us are applying for the same position and we're friends. And you know that your friend is applying for it. So normally when you find out your friend is applying for it, in many cases, you end up having a discussion. Oh, so how do you think they want us to approach this? Or um, have you finished your application? Don't forget the deadline is at... And so it's like a total flip on what happens here or what tends to happen, whereby you actually support each other and try to make sure that you all put forth like top-notch applications so that at least one of you makes it. You see, you know. see oh, shout-outs to Cordy and um, Beatrice Dosa. These are two other amazing ladies who are into environmental work. Mm-hmm. And there was a situation where somebody was offering me some work, and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, this has to do with the environment, but it's not exactly my style. Then I call Cordy, like, hey, this work has come up. You mm-hmm. want it? She says, no, 
this is not exactly what I'm doing, concentrating on Barbara. But I know Beatrice. Just... And then it went on like that. Mm-hmm. And, and and then she got it and she was like, oh, this is exactly something I would love to do. I said, oh, Charlie, contact the people. They are looking for somebody. Carry it up. And then we move on. Yeah. There is room for everybody to yeah. play. Yeah. It, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, we don't have to even scale it to the gender. Even with the podcast, like um, this week, I saw somebody tweet that somebody recommend podcast for me to listen to. Don't say I cry with you because I've listened to all, all the episodes. Somebody and else will I take went, offense, right? <laughs> I went and I'm like, oh, I can give you five, four podcasts from Ghana. Then I named all of them to mm-hmm. them. And then to the person. And then I just look at like three days later. Like I made sure I tagged everyone in them. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for the guys that I tagged them in. I think just two or three RT'd it. I was waiting for the others to, to RT because I can just sit down and then let it ride out. But then I'm putting you on someone. I'm like, I'm giving you a new listener. Yeah. What you can do is just RT it. For your fans or something so like that. So also see the yeah. yeah. recommendation. I'm not even like this for you. I can't be wasn't there. Because yeah. the person is a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He follows it. So it's up to you, the person right now, to convince the person, like follow up or something. Like you can just send your SoundCloud cloud link to the person. Like, oh, check it out here and here, here, what what. Yeah. But that's how people are like they want to be the only person up there. What yeah. the only person up there? Boring. The yeah. Very boring. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's exactly, exactly it. So it was, instead of us um, saying, oh, this is not, this is what's not happening because myself and my, my other partners, so the other partners are um, Antio Boshi Obi, um, mm-hmm. fashionista, formerly fashionista GH, mm-hmm. um, then Perlin Budu and Angela of Green Basket. Um, then Frida of Fabulously Fit and Fine, and yeah, circumspect. <laughs> so uh, myself, <laughs> uh, yeah. So so based off of our experiences and knowing that we've had people in our lives. I mean, my own story is filled with people who and women who have supported me, both men and women, and most of them are strangers. Most of them are people who I sent an email. Never met in my life. Just sent an email. And then I stayed with them for like nine months for free. See. And that happened like four or five times. Even, even when I messaged you, we had met once. Yeah. We had met once at an event. Just in passing. Not even like buddies, buddies or anything. We had met just once. And I messaged her. She was like, here. I mean, and that just look changed her, my life. As you're right now. We met once. Exactly. So all it all it takes is one person to change the outcome of an encounter, really. And so we wanted to use Sisterhood Matters to celebrate those um, women because it was International Women's Month. Otherwise, it would it would there may be something that would be people were calling for the Brotherhood Matters. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Actually, this is, I, I already challenged certain people. Edward, you know yourself. I challenged you to start a Brotherhood Matters in November. Yes. So, so if anybody else wants to take it up, because in November, I know in the U.S., they had something that they called Movember, where it was... Worldwide. Exactly. So... Do it in Ghana and make I mean, it Brotherhood yeah. Matters, and you I know. Mean, if they're going to do it over here, they should put a meaning to it. Exactly. And then at the end of the month, we know they're moving, but 
nobody shaves, so their money is going here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you really so if you really want to do it, if you want to do it, like totally go for it. But anyway, so that's why Sisterhood Matters started, um, in order to celebrate the women who support, actually support, encourage, and inspire us. Because the other element is there are people who claim to do that. There's so many women who claim to do women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. They claim because it's the buzzword. It's actually really true. It's true, there but they people, don't. Hey, post. <laughs> like, I am a... Uh, what kind of words do they use? Uh, motivational speaker cry right now is I'm a role model for blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't yeah. even know you. Yeah. and But when it comes down to it... Um, no, they don't actually show support because people are just talking, they are not doing like there yeah. are those people who want to host seminars and have people there come and pay and, and just then... come and then they pay and then you know, like Instagram worth, Snapchat worth, those type of things. Yeah, those, those are because yesterday, for instance, I was I was there on Snapchat, I saw some there's this girl on my Snapchat, she went to an entrepreneurship something, and then it's like spiritual entrepreneurship, oh. growing, growing your business in Christ. Um. We even share that. Yeah, thing. that was, and I was looking like I look at the flag, I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. <laughs> like entrepreneurship and religion are like two separate things. You have to accept the values of entrepreneur. Like sometimes you have to even actually go wayward before you know you can set up to be an entrepreneur. Like you are not addressing the right issues, but then everybody wants to do something because everybody needs an interview. You've reminded me of some program they said it's a it's an organization. I won't mention the name. <laughs> they made themselves. Oh, we help women entrepreneurs to uh, uh, boost their skills and blah 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 blah. The lady who runs it has been on radio stations here and there. Oh, she's the person to consult if you want to know women's blah blah. So I saw on Instagram they were doing some program, and I saw the speakers and everything. I thought, oh, okay, maybe I'll check it out just to see. If all the bra is actually worth it. So I called the number. Please, I want to register for this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, then she mentioned like 200 CDs or what I'm saying. Oh, fuck. I told her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I was so pissed off. Like, really? I mean, the it's speakers crazy. don't care. They've been booked. I, I told yeah, her, says, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred CDs. So who's coming? What are you teaching? What are you going to? Are you MBA? Are <laughs> 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 Let me, let me, let me get the right <laughs> <laughs> I remember in March, um, I couldn't make it because I didn't know. I'm trying. I'm now trying to register the Blogging Ghana yeah. organization. I'm a fan of the Blogging Ghana organization, and I realized you were talking about blogging in this country, and then you were talking about something about people expect you to um they um they expect bloggers expect you to pay them for content which you don't like and it's it's right you're not supposed to pay for like i'm giving you content i'm giving your website something that's gonna bring some traffic and i i was just reading it from kaiser's feed and i was like this really makes sense like everything you were saying was like making sense what do you think is wrong with like the blog, the digital atmosphere? Actually, not blogging, the digital atmosphere in the country, i.e., digital marketing, blogging. Um, so it was actually it was um, uh, an event we had. We had um, some resource people come in and talk, 
And one of them was Irene Donati, and she was talking about how she's an advertiser and sometimes they want to work with bloggers. But then whenever she contacts certain bloggers, they always ask her, how much are you paying me? And she didn't think that was right. And I was um, partly agreeing with her because um, I have worked for certain brands and gotten paid. Um, but it really depends on what kind of engagement you're okay. doing with that yeah. brand, yeah, exactly. right? Um, but on the issue of what's the digital sphere like, I think it's a madhouse right now. It is a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> There's no proper organization going on. The bigger organizations don't understand. Like, if you think about, like, the biggest um, local drink manufacturers, Casa yeah. and if just imagine Casa like, having a serious digital presence, right? they'll be just around, like, Hennessy's and everybody, yeah. because they are big in Ghana, big in Nigeria. And even just look at the Nigerian numbers. Yeah. If you are top three, you are from Ghana, you are top three in Nigeria. That means like you are doing a lot of work. Yeah. And the other places, they haven't accepted it. So maybe they feel they don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's on two levels. So there's the corporate level, which really is just a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and a lack of People don't place value on things they can't touch. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah. That is a very, it's a very Ghanaian thing. It immediately translates into products. Yeah. Like, like people will spend money on a bag that just came out because they can feel it. It might not necessarily be the best quality, but they can feel it. But if you tell somebody to sign up for a training course or to you know pay you to train them or to write something and give to them then they're a bit mistrustful because they cannot feel it so i think that is going to be the challenge for um bloggers people who are in the digital marketing space but also for corporations because they also need to convince their customers to a degree that what they're selling online is actually worthwhile so on the on the personal element, I think, um, and I actually did a, a podcast on it um, about the fact that the digital sphere has changed over the years. Um, I started blogging in two thousand and seven, and around that time, there were very few people who were actually blogging, and so what that meant was there was space. A lot of space. Mm-hmm. There was there was space. Lot, you could space. talk and people were here. <laughs> okay, so there's there's that there's that element, yes. But also space for you to hone your craft, craft yeah. space for you to figure out what your focus is, space for you to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Twitter was in Portland. Twitter like it's really killed the value of it's made it. It was like an executive about... club then. <laughs> yeah. It's only yeah. for the cool kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twitter was Intellectual conversation. Yes. That's what it was. <laughs> no, and I listened too. That's what it was. Like Twitter was where you went when you wanted a good debate. You know, and you and you or you wanted to learn something new. And yes, exactly. So so that's what it was before. So before you had the space to, you know, test things and I mean I remember I would spend like an entire dedicate an entire weekend to just like trying out new templates and doing some basic HTML coding and so on. But today, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Number one, you don't have the time. And number two, there's an emphasis on 
just pushing out content. Now, the question that I ask is, is it quality content or is it copy and paste? I just call it copy and paste when people just like literally copy and paste, right? Exactly. And so I... Because even the the major news stations and stuff, they do the same thing, which is unfortunate, which is unfortunate because um, I was having this discussion with um, a social media professor who came from the UK and we had uh, coffee. He's a social media professor. He came. He, came, <laughs> <laughs> he, he teaches in the UK, not in Ghana, not yet. We have reached those levels. <laughs> so he. I wanted he, to meet the person. I'll introduce you. Okay. <laughs> so he he came to Ghana for a course and then wanted to meet up with some people. So we had coffee, and we were talking about, you know, what will happen once Ghana and other African countries get their internet levels on point. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be too much good stuff happening. Why? Because even even now when we have better internet than we did like five years ago, people are copying and pasting. So at the end of the day, we're still... Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be easier to copy and paste. And it will also mean that people have better access to platforms from the West. So we will literally just copy and paste that stuff versus coming up with original, homegrown, localized content. So that's really going to be the, I think, the challenge of the times. On the personal level, I think there are a lot of fake people. A lot of fake people. And people want to blog or because they think it's cool or fun. Listen, I'm like, can I just break it down for a few minutes? It's not like they want to blog. They want, want to, to be bloggers. Bl- influentials so bad. Yeah. Not so they want the title. Especially the very keyword influential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know, they want their free tickets. <laughs> that word is they want, very... Like, that's what they like. That's it. Yeah. They want the newest school oh. teacher here. Have you like, forgotten the influential I saw Alice, it. I read Yo, it. And I, read I, it I was, and I was going at it on Twitter. <laughs> because this is like, <laughs> the person who, who made that list. You, your Twitter followers know they even reach me my own. And it's a person. It's, <laughs> Just it's, it's a person or the organization. You don't even have followers. So one, where where is your like authority? Who, where yeah, is your authority? What, what, you don't even what, have the numbers to support what you're doing. Who who is credible? And what you benchmark are just, did you use? You like, are using. You are putting your friends and people <laughs> who are RT and follow you. You are just creating a fake list. To you Raise like you're basically a shortcut to get there. I remember I was sitting in my bola track <laughs> <laughs> on my on my way to. I think I was going to Pong to go and transact some business. We have some recycling partners over there, and my track was full. We recycle coconut waste as well. Oh, okay. I yes. know, I know a coconut near Pong. Mm. They make yeah, the two of you, yeah. So we are one of his major suppliers. Whoa. So we have that thing. So I was in the track, I've got like a whole load of coconut waste behind me. And then my friend calls me and he's like, Have you seen that fucking influential list? I said, Jack, why? what list? You know, I've, I had seen it, but I was like, ah. Somebody's doing his something. Why are you letting it worry you? Why are you letting it worry you? Are you working for influence? You want to be one of the most influential. Me, that influential is, is bogus. So, I don't mind. But, but then that also brings the question of this is another debate I had over a meal. It's always over meals. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> asking, like, influencer 
versus influential. If you take someone like Kanye West, is he an influencer or is he influential? I think he's more of an influencer. If you take somebody like Nelson Mandela. Influential, not an influencer. Exactly. And so I think it's also a question of people understanding <laughs> understanding what those two what those two are. Because one one is who you are by virtue of who you are. Ex- regardless, even if it has nothing to do with your area of expertise, people still want to know what, you what your opinion yeah, is. Exactly. And then the other one is by virtue of, like you said, maybe you have the right networks. Maybe you were at the right place at the right right time. time. Maybe you have worked so hard to make sure that this is where you are. But is it how, like, what's the longevity of that? And so I think when people talk about influencers and influential, like, for me, that's always what I come back to. There are people who, um, there was one of the, the work, I worked with an international organization, which does a lot of work across Africa, right? And I was talking to one of my colleagues and she was telling me how there is this one who happens to be a Ghanaian, actually. This one guy in her department, very quiet man. Like, he sticks to himself. He does his work. But if they want to make any decisions that will impact the lives of thousands of people, they will never make that decision without knowing what he thinks. And this is not somebody who will ever make it onto any list exactly. <laughs> of any exactly. sorts, yeah. right? He will never make it onto any of those lists. But Chale, he is the one who's driving things. So I think there's too much of a the hype. That's what it is right now. People want to be the hype. People want to be famous. Why? Why? So that fame, they can get into even, events and fame doesn't take even put picture. money in the bank. I would rather be unfamous and <laughs> rich. Yeah. Than yeah. To be famous and money. Money. I understand. <laughs> like as soon as you're famous, all eyes on you. All eyes on you. And I love my privacy. Yeah. All eyes on you. Like Jim, I think you're before you're gonna like break down blogging for us. It was was a lot of work. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was gonna give like an example of a typical day <laughs> because I think people don't really understand what work goes into even coming up with one post. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So let's say, let's just assume that, okay, for example, yesterday's concert, did you guys go? Were you there? No. Afraba. No. Afraba. Afraba. Yeah. So, okay. So, which was an awesome, awesome concert. Anyway. Um, so let's say I wanted to write about that or do a review on that, and which I actually wanted to do this morning. And I was like, I woke up roaring to go, like I was ready to write about it. But I was like, you know what? If I try to write about it right now, fine, I will get the the information out early and people will get to read it or whatever, but I wouldn't do it justice. So in order for me to do it justice, this is what would would happen. First, I would think of the actual concert and think of, okay, this is probably, and especially with circumspect, what we try to do is we always try to bring the angle that people are not going to bring because I don't see the point of rehashing what everybody else is going to say, right? So I'll sit down and say, okay, if people come, they're going to say, this is her first concert. Um, These were the songs she performed. These are the people that she performed with. They're going to give you a summary of the event. That tends to be the standard. So, 
aside doing that, what could we possibly do? For me, that concert, which ties back to the mm-hmm. conversation we had all those weeks ago, they, that was like a masterclass in collaboration. Yeah. The concert was a masterclass in collaboration because when you came, when they came on stage and everything, you had all of these acts before her. It wasn't just a case of, oh, we're just like setting the stage for her to appear. Mm-hmm. These were people who were very talented. Like every single person who came on, their voice range was crazy. And so they had that element. They also had um, the tech people. They had the, the band, uh, Fra, Fra. the Fra band, which was exceptional. And they had a theme around which they worked. And then you think about even when she re- before she released her, her EP, yeah. Yeah. the promo yeah. they did, the images. Exactly. Yeah. And so here, th- th- this is like, this was just a masterclass in collaboration. So if I was going to write a post, that was probably the angle that I would take on that, right? And then I would give the examples of how she has collaborated with different people, how they're supporting each other, and how that played out in the actual concert. So fine, let's say I write the post. Typically, if I write 700 to 1,000 words, it'll take me like an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the topic and the amount of research I have to do. After doing that, I seriously edit myself, meaning I'll take a break from it, come back, reread things, be like, nah, this sentence is awkward. How the hell did you write that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do all of that. And then you lay it out. Now, to lay it out, you can copy and paste it, but because you want to make sure that the, the writing experience can be very different from the reading experience. So if I lay it out in the back end of my, of my, my website, I always have to preview it on the front end mm-hmm. so I can see what the, if the reader comes to the, to the website, what are they going to see? Is it arranged properly? Are the paragraphs put put in place properly does it flow is it too much text you know should i be putting a quote here to break it down a bit so there's a lot of like thinking and strategizing that goes into it and you'll probably do this like five to ten times before you're even considering to hit publish um then once you do that so let's say by now we're at four hours right once you do that you want to look at photos right and i could again i could go on google Google Afraba concert and pick the poster, for example, of her concert. But that's already all over the place and it has details which are now outdated. So I don't want to use that. So I'll probably take my time to go to each of her platforms to find a picture that I feel captured the essence of who she is. If, if the timing is such that there are, photos of the of the concert or of her then i'll probably look through those photos you probably have a thousand of them online try to find the ones that look that i think really capture her in you know in relation to the article and then i'll contact the photographers to ask them for credit now that could take anywhere from a day to two days to get yes exactly (laughs) a day to two days to get permission Sometimes what you, you can also do is, depending on who the photographer is, they might just say on their platform that, you know, just make sure you give me credit, in which case you can just use it and then just make sure you put credit. Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody who I've, I don't really know, have never encountered, I just like to ask them up front so that there are, like, no issues at any point. And because they also 
put you know there's that's also hard work <laughs> to be carrying your camera and taking shots while people are enjoying a show mm-hmm. it's hard work so you do that so let's say let's not say that let's say this person is nice and responds in two hours so we are what at six hours already so fine i get the photos put the photos on there then i'm ready to hit publish but i also th- need to think about oh what's the featured photo because when you publish you can you you have the option of choosing a photo that everybody will see anytime they share that link mm-hmm. and you need to think hmm, exactly which one is going to draw people in but not be like just too much so that they've seen everything and a- they don't a- need to exactly so you need to think about what's going to be my featured photo if it's on facebook you need to i like to write like a little teaser to kind of draw people you know give a general idea of what this piece is about so that they don't waste their credit clicking on it when they won't be interested um so you need to craft that then on twitter same thing and so by now you're hitting between 6 to 8 hours for a single post and that's not even factoring in the fact that <laughs> internet in Ghana is annoying. Internet, <laughs> electricity. Ah. Or electricity, or you have to go and do something else. So, I mean, it's not... I, I just want people to understand that a lot of work goes into it. Absolutely. It's a lot of work. As long as you want it to be good. Yeah, yeah unless, of course, you just want to copy and paste. You see, and you don't care how see, things the look. Thing. Like, then you can do that. Like, people Instagram and then they'll just take a picture and then be like, this girl goes naked. This is a real story. Just try them. Get clicks. I mean, my, my process is similar to hers. Only probably major differences are because my blog is educational mm-hmm. like okay so this post that they read on city was about how waste management works in Accra mm-hmm. I wrote it because people keep asking me <laughs> everywhere I go I always have to explain it's like this it's like I was like ah I've turned into AMA PR <laughs> so I'll just write a book about it and break it down so already I have in my mind the message I'm trying to deliver and then the first thing I do is I break it down to either five or six points, major points that I want to stand out. So I, I do that first. Those major points can be sitting in my notebook for like a week. I can be running around doing all sorts of things. And then I'm like, okay, I now want to flesh it out. Then I come and sit, sit back at it and then actually start putting down, explaining what those points are. The difference between me and her is I try really, really hard not to use anybody's pictures but mine. So, anytime I'm on the field, I'm always taking pictures. So, I've made it a habit to build my own photo stock. After all, it's my work. So, I have pictures. <laughs> I usually have pictures of most of the things I'm trying to, to talk about anyways. So, the only difference is, depending on which phone you are holding, the pictures might not be of the yeah. best quality. I take it like that. Then, I'm not going to ask somebody permission. and then, No, I use my own picture. Put it there, then. That one is that. And also, the research aspect. I can mention only 1% of liquid waste in Ghana is treated. That's a fact. But I want to back my fact up with a link you can read Mm -hmm. to know where that information came from and to also know that I'm not just yabbing. Like, these are true things. So I will take the time to go and find a statement that was made by a technical engineer at the Ministry of Local Government that also gives the quotes the same uh, 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 statistic or figure um, only 14% of Ghana's population has access to improved sanitation. That's a fact. 
Um, we have roughly 10 accredited waste management companies in Accra. That's a fact. All those things that I will write, it's against the law to litter. That's a fact. All those things that I will write, there will be hyperlinks. So it's full of hyperlinks in terms of if there's anything in there that you read that you are interested to know more about, mm -hmm. it should be very easy for you to go to the next place and get more information on that issue. So I, my approach, I try to give you as much learning content, content as I can. Yeah. But in terms of the process, deciding what you're going to write about, getting the points done, sitting down, proofreading. I don't proofread my, my posts. I can't. Once <laughs> I finish writing it and it's out of my system, I don't want to see it anymore. So I have somebody who proofreads for me. So you need and to if... high five it. <laughs> I know, I know it, it's speaking to you, just high five it. We're not, we not looking. <laughs> so if, and the person who proofreads for me is in Cape Coast. So if <laughs> I call him like, hey, I've written something and he's busy, I have to wait until he has time yeah. to read over it, track changes, make comments, do this and this and that. Before he sends it back to me, before I decide whether the comments he has made, I will take them or not. <laughs> <laughs> and then come out with the final something. And then I have somebody who manages our social media. So she will also give her take on it based on how it's going to look on Twitter, how it's going to look on Facebook, all those yeah. things that she mentioned. And then recently, I have a new friend who I happened to send him a link to um, a post that should be out like today or tomorrow. And he gave me different feedback. And I was like, ah, you two are there. Okay. <laughs> so I find ways and means so that when I'm coming up with something, I can also get that. Because the more perspective you get, in terms of, especially because I'm trying to teach, I'm yeah. trying to impart knowledge. How it will be received, if it's too boring, if it's too wordy, if it's too technical, if it's yeah. too whatever. You want to make sure you try and circumvent all of those difficulties yeah. as much as possible so that whatever you read is absorbed. So the reason why I'm not going to stop talking about the city read is because it just felt good. Like, okay, yeah. all that effort. Paid off. It paid <laughs> off. Like, the article was self-explanatory. You could read it and you just got it and you understood. And after that, I actually got called by OKFM. So Abeku Santana also interviewed me in tea concerning <laughs> the same <laughs> blog post. And then they put the PRO of AMA on the line. And I had to like actually have this... Oh, back and forth. Yeah, back and oh, forth with him about what the law says. And if I hadn't done all that, if I didn't well, know yeah, my you stuff... You know what to say. You got to disgrace yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see, <laughs> it's not simple at all. Yeah, the, and and I mean the research, like she said, it depend. It really depends on the topic, right? So if you're writing from a very personal perspective, so like the Afraba concert would have been a personal review of the concert, then that's I'm the I'm the only person. Maybe I would have spoken to people or looked at how people reacted mm -hmm. to it, or actually, for something like that, you take time to go through the tweets yeah. mm -hmm. to get a sense of what the crowd thought mm -hmm. or the people who were there thought about it. But then if you're writing a piece like um, I recently the wrote... Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is a sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. So you don't just write it for the sake of writing it. Which actually, it actually started as a Twitter rant, though. <laughs> <laughs> so Twitter rants can also be very helpful. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, so it started as yeah, it started as a Twitter rant. I I think um, the attack happened on the thirteenth. Um, I ranted about it the evening of the thirteenth. I slept, woke up, and then I decided to put it into an actual article because 
the thing about Twitter is it's not permanence wise it's not the best right so you so I'm always trying to find a way of capturing the insights from Twitter, whether it's with a Storify, mm-hmm. which is helpful, always. or to actually do a blog post or an article about about it. And that way, it's a bit more permanent. And then, you know, it's not going to get lost in the Twitter sphere. Um, but for, for that post, a lot of it was drawn from my... Uh, what's it called, graduate studies, because I did international economics and international affairs. And what's happening now had actually been, like, it's not new. People in international affairs and security already knew that this would happen. Yeah, because in 2012, I went on a class trip to Berlin, and we ended up going to the Ministry of Defense and had a briefing with the one of his officials. I don't know if it was him or the deputy. Um, and he basically said, you know, people are so happy about Africa rising. And he's like, unfortunately, I wish it were true. And I wish that this is actually what would happen. But, (laughs) but, but, but especially for, for West Africa, unfortunately, I do not think that it's going to be a very long while before we actually see the economic gains even if there's really there's growth That's because true. we have terrorist cells that are going that are already forming and that will be wrecking havoc on the region and this was in 2012 this was June 2012 and I never forgot that like it was always at the back of my head and this was when Boko Haram was becoming a bit Boko. of a nuisance but it it hadn't yet gone to the point where people even in Ghana, we're taking them serious. It was still a very Nigerian issue, and I think for some people, it's still a Nigerian issue. Northern Nigerian issue. Exactly, northern Nigerian issue, right? Oh, we'll pray that they stay in Nigeria. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Prayer is everything. Oh, we will have a We'll call the gods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of what I wrote about was really linking back to that. And the fact that I always read about these things. I mean, I am a Muslim as well. So there's, there's a side effect of all of these attacks where people, for a while, people would just automatically say, oh, you Muslims. And even in Ghana, people were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people yeah. were doing it in Ghana. We had this whole... Oh, goodness. Yeah. It is really bad. Like, people, people would do that as well. And you know that that's not who you are or that's not how your family is or the people that you know, the Muslims that you know, that's not what you believe in. And so it becomes very frustrating. So I ended up doing a lot of pieces on on terrorism. Mm -hmm. I wrote about the Kenya attacks Mm -hmm. in, I think it was the Westgate one. Mm -hmm. Um, There was this crazy pastor in the U.S. who wanted to burn the Quran. I wrote about that. Like, I wrote, I've been writing about it since at least 2012, right? So by the time this happened, it, it hit home for me because I had just returned from... Ivory Coast. I worked in, in Ivory Coast and I actually been to that beach many times. And on a Sunday like this, we probably would have gone to the beach, right? Um, and also, it was just an hour away from Ghana. That's what people don't get. It was like 45 minutes to an hour by car away from the, the Ghana border. So if they had wanted to go on a killing spree, yeah. it would have been very easy. Takrade would have been yeah, the next... That's, that's just like from Tema to Kaswa. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, so that piece, I think 
that's probably the only piece that I have actively pushed. Most of my other pieces, I write it, I'll put it on, on our, our social media platforms. That's pretty much it. Like, I'm moving on to the next thing, right? Um, but this piece, I really, um, I took it very personal, and I thought that this is an issue of security. And Accra is a prime target. It is. Everywhere. Is a prime target. <laughs> Anything can happen. And that was the first time I was actually seeing something like that in Ghana. Yeah. yeah. I, I was looking through Daily Graphic, I was looking through the Ghanaian Times, and it was all over it. It's like, uh, Kowu is now um, a terrorist prone zone. So be careful when you're going there. And this big, this project, like, I tell you, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> and now they are saying, like, even um, places that are like a lot of people, even Labadi Beach on a Sunday. Yeah. Basically, the first stretch. The stretch from the Accra Mall to maybe Circle, like that, has so many things. Like it's it's so yes. full yeah. that you can drop one bomb and that like yeah. you are you you get like a good number of good people number of enough people. to. There's just so much going on in this one place. They wouldn't have to work hard no. at all. If they were to hit, if they were to hit Accra, Ghana would be crippled. That's yeah, the reality. Yeah, because that's everything that's is here. Else. That's the reality. If they were to hit hey, Accra, no, it's true. <laughs> and it's, they have strategies. Yeah, I'm sure they know. <laughs> so if they were to hit Accra, sure Ghana, Ghana would be crippled. That's the reality. And for me, I couldn't believe that people were not talking about it. Like oh, we are no, never we like. Let's oh, if we, let's, if we don't talk about it, maybe we'll it won't happen. Like, we like yeah. Yeah. stop lying to yourself. In the sun, yeah. you know, no, no, stop lying to yourself. It doesn't exist. <laughs> We've lied to ourselves that we haven't been broke for the past what three years, but you know, everybody feels it. Yeah. So for for me, that was like that was really the reason why I felt that needed to be to be shared and pushed and. Funny enough, those are the things that people don't pay attention to. Yeah, you know, it's not entertainment, yeah, but guess yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not it's your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not Obinim telling you. Like, they are worried about Obinim attacking them in their dreams. Hitting someone with a car or something. No, that's yeah. what they want. Yeah. I mean, that's the masses, though. I mean, yeah. a chief bought a TV station, a whole cow for having a TV yeah, show. Yeah, if, so. if you want to know the state of Gan- Ghanaian mentality, mm-hmm. You just go on like my joy online or Ghana Ghanaian web, section. and oh then and God. then and then look at the top, like yeah. look at the most read. That's all you need yeah. to do. Yeah. You don't even need to read, but just go and look at my the list like of Christ most read. To PCFM online. <laughs> then you get a sense of like why, why did they no. do that? The thinking. Oh, why don't, don't you do listen that? to PCFM? Never like that. Or can you use us or turn and say The radio and the digital space is the same. They are not changing anything. Yes, for them, they, they mirror each other. They are one and so. Yeah, and then the same thing reflects on the TV station too. So, so the yeah. style in which they go about giving their news is the same style within which they form their headlines. So you go there and you say, that kind of thing. And then people just to see hey, what happened. Sometimes the thing is what they don't read it all. They click. Sometimes they don't click. 
Why? They had it. retweeted it or shared it. Yes, yeah, because the that's good Why enough. It's it? enough. You don't, need, you don't need to know what he said. The guy also, okay. that okay. Okay. Hey. That's what he said. That's what he said. It doesn't matter. Like this, there was this recent. I, I don't remember exactly what the story was, but something about somebody saying something with regards to terrorism. Mm-hmm. When you actually read the article, they said nothing, nothing said. to do <laughs> with terrorism. <laughs> this is my beef with my, <laughs> my Joy Online. Every yeah, it was it was a Joy Online uh, article. The most recent one. For once in my life, I'm going to defend this man, even though I don't like his matter. Okovanda. Oh, Super Vanderpoint. He's saying he's going to consult spiritual yeah. 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 in order to prevent the. Based on what he said. <laughs> because I know that. Me, that. I read it because that I'm that like, so practical. That, the last thing. That guy actually go actually carry caterpillar then clear Jesus. all the bushes out. That guy know the camera. So anything. I was like, what? No. So I went and then I was actually in my boss's office and he was like, ah, but that's not what he said. <laughs> he said we will go through. What he, he, he mentioned uh, structural analysis, uh, blah blah. He was t- technical, whatever. Mm. He was mentioning all these different jargons to say basically you are going to investigate and look at you know all the issues. And then somewhere I saw some spiritualist something, some one sentence at the bottom somewhere. <laughs> They've taken that one rather than <laughs> the headline. Do you want people to open it or not? <laughs> you, you have to put three things. I'm a disappointed. MPP or NDC? Yeah. God, disaster, <laughs> um, um, chaos, pandemonium, something along those oh, lines. Oh, those words are even big. So, 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 storms, the storms. Meanwhile, he walked when, into the office. <laughs> when we actually do research and write pieces, we don't get a lot of shares and retweets. Yeah. Let's report on a disaster. <laughs> But you know, it's 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 not just Ghana, though, because yeah, the, those are also global trends, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why this whole oh, are we telling a balanced story of Africa comes keeps coming up mm-hmm. because people. I mean, on the international level, it's more of resources. Mm-hmm. It's more of resources. Someone, uh, a media outlet like the New York Times, they don't really ha- they don't have an Africa team. They don't. So what they do is when there's a disaster and they feel like this is something that might need, let's say, UN intervention or something, then they will send a reporter down to cover it. They don't have somebody who is on the ground, right? Compared to BBC that actually has people on the ground. So you see that the coverage that they give tends to be be a wider spectrum, right, and a bit more balanced. Mm But yes, we like disaster. <laughs> and, I mean, look at Game of Thrones. How many people like Game of Thrones? Yeah. Everybody likes Game of Thrones. Politics and disaster. Yeah, news be one entertainment. How can you have a newspaper and your headline is man stabs twelve year old, whatever? Like that is your that's your that's headline. headline, and then story, inside yeah. it's like in some corner. Yeah. Oh, you know. How to? How to? <laughs> <laughs> That's not important. <laughs> You're like, wow! Oh no, no, no! That's I remember important. there was this time there was this couple in Dansuma somewhere that slept with the generator inside there, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they all, yeah. they all, yeah. and they died, and. <laughs> 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 and they died and <laughs> And it was on every newspaper cover. You see the people sleeping in the room with the generator in the corner somewhere. And no, their the problem with Ghanaian journalism is they can't create content. 
Yeah, they don't they write can, anything they, new. They wait to report something and manipulate yeah. words for headlines. My yeah. thing is, you know, disaster reporting is important. Crisis it's important. reporting it's important it because it I need to know like what's Crisis going on. Going. Yeah. But you would you would think that okay, I've reported like that whole fi- that fire um the at the Vienna the, the, no not even that like the ga- the gas station. So that should have gone from and it was city that you like I had to listen to to you know get like okay don't go here this place is blocked whatever but you read the newspaper and you would think that okay we're following the story or we are watching the news we're following the story it has happened okay um emergency numbers here they are go here don't do they didn't see any of that all I saw was and this has happened okay this politician came to say this and I don't I don't know where this place is. <laughs> Put even a Google link. Let me look. Yeah. Google Maps. Google Let me go and find Google it. Yeah. Nothing. Like, I'm just there. So if I have never been there, I could just be driving. <laughs> yeah. I'll just drive right by the fire. Like, it's oh. people who will discourage you from calling Admo. Yeah. Admo can't get the job done 100%, but yeah. at least if the 5% they can put in is going to help it's somebody live, it's important. Yeah. You will not hear anything. Yeah. You don't hear anything. Just be there. Um, I, think it's, I think there's also an element of People don't put value and real importance to what they do. That's true. Even myself, I know for a while I struggled with being called a writer and a blogger. If, yes. <laughs> I've been having identity crises. Because I'm like, what I went to school for was economics. Right? And the kind of society we live in, when you tell somebody you're an economist, is a very different reception than when you tell people you're a writer, right? So, so for, for, the ve- for, for the longest time, I would fight being introduced as a writer or a blogger. But the point is, when it comes to function, when it comes to what is your main way of interacting with the world, it's always very simple and very basic. You're a writer, you're a singer, you are a priest, you know, you're a teacher. It's always that basic. Even if you are an, uh, a teacher of astronomy, yes. however grand it is, you are a teacher. teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it comes down to people, you know, accepting and realizing that there is value regardless of all these titles that we like to give ourselves. Because if you were, a, if you accepted the fact that and put value to the fact that you are a journalist, do you know how important your role is? Not just in, let's say, your small community, but essentially you are writing the history of a people, but you don't realize it. Like in the grand scheme of things, if anybody ever wanted to do 30 decades from now, wanted to do research on those Ghanaians in the year 2016 and they're reading your pieces, you are going to inform them about what was... Like, that is... You copy and paste everything. Exactly, you copy and paste everything, right? So we don't... I don't think we place that kind of value on what it is that we do and how, how it all ties into other things, right? So... Accra We Day is here. Like I, I actually follow your Twitter page to find out what's going on around town now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially especially after that discussion about the food joints, I was like, I need to, I need to pay more attention. How we can drive people. I, 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 I keep the food joints to myself. Come on, oh, chair. My point is like join the what was it? Uh, is it the, 
Monday was a holiday, right? Yeah, One yeah. holiday was it. Easter, Easter, Easter like the last, yeah. So we went to Brazil House, Akradot Alt's office. There was this exhibition going on, and then we went there, we took a couple of pictures, and we were like, oh, cool, let's take a photo walk around Jamestown. And then we're doing it. Then we get to the the junction, let's just say, the boundary between Jamestown and Kolegono, mm-hmm. where they sell the sheet. After the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, just after the lighthouse. I love Ghanaian directions, man. Where they saw the sheep. I see exactly where they did. And I've been in Accra for my life. I've, I eat outside a lot. And that day, I discovered like the best kebab ever. I hope you're sharing. Did they sell sheep for this? Yes. And it's And then the thing is, the thing about is, they don't even have a fridge. To keep it like so once you ask that's when ask, they make like, it what if they there be what should they get and like you they chop that thing like you they chop their goat and make like you chop like we chop kebab like 50 cities jesus wow like, we just go they come we just go they come we just go they come like if you guys didn't come today like i'm actually i was going there so are we going there after here <laughs> Oh, they don't open on Sundays. Uh, you, we'll, we'll discuss some other time. Again. <laughs> you know, that, field trip. You get, that's not where they used to sell their sheep before. Yeah. Where? They were on the beach before. The, the beach. No. They were selling the sheep around Kole Lagoon. Okay. Inside. Inside. Where now they are. Their beaches. They are claiming Empire. that they are making some wastewater treatment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chinese people have been working there. I, I, was, I was working there in 2013. Mm. Chinese people were there as at that time. <laughs> <laughs> My brother is it August this year. Oh, August. August. I mean, election year, I forget. April, May. Yeah. Election year. It will, come, it will come right now. You go see something. Election year. Oh, it will come right now. <laughs> August. It will be here just in the blink of an eye. Mm. We shall uh, check. August will be like about four months away. In fact, I'm going to blog about <laughs> I am going to blog and I'm going to give you a chronological history about how may they've been promising this thing at least since 2012. The last headlines I checked. Oh, it will be closing by the end of the month. It will be closing by the end of the year. Then the next year will come. Oh, we will be doing the. I'm going to take my time and give you a chronological history of all the promises. Then EPA will take AMA to court. Then they will <laughs> Basa, you don't, you can't even. That's so, where that sheep selling place is. Yes. <laughs> it used to be where they are now doing the. But the, the land big where the sheep and the cattle did, the land big rough. That'd be like, I don't know how to pressure those. It things, was a whole fight. Like that place where they were, they were really comfortable over there. <laughs> so when government was uh, 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 moving them from that side to the yeah. beach side, hey, fight. <laughs> They suffered, but now you see they are getting better marketing, selling their kebab. Oh, Ghanaians they don't like progress. It was a blessing in disguise. They don't like progress because it was like they shouldn't spoil the place up Mm. and all that because it's like that land is not necessarily theirs. Yeah, where they were, but But it actually needs to. It's it's like they are being relocated, so like some compensation, even though you don't even have any legal rights to the land, but in order to you know. We don't want to shake the waters too much, so we are cutting this place where people should move. That's so they used to be over. I remember going to that. I used to pass through there to get to the 
should I call it the the Kole um the Kolebu traffic lights yeah. like yeah. Motri Road, Motri Motri Road, Road right Motri exactly Road. the Motri Road side. So I used to pass through that goat yeah. place to <laughs> get to that side. When I close, I used to work around Lavender Hill. Mm. So when I close, then I'll pass through there to go and get my car. And I remember one day walking along the road and I saw some small baby goats. Was chewing something. Then go her, take her way back. <laughs> <laughs> it was just chew everything. It was just saying. With a small beard over there. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. take her way back. <laughs> so I took a picture of it because I said, "See, you see, we say don't pollute." You people will not hear. Now they go to chew, they take away part. And then you, you, you go chew that kebab. That be the kebab that you go chew. <laughs> Whatever go do you in the future, be your own fault. Make you not call your grandmother say she be rich. Make you not pray. May God save you. Be you do up to yourself. Finish we really do need a party. Stop littering. If you're in a torture, put the pure water in your in your bag. Yo, about that. Let me tell you, I was one day I was in a taxi. You do pass me. You fit. That be enjoyable. So I was in a taxi. And then there was like this community based on like those Laboni to effect seven you know, people join. Then somebody was in the text and the person like was drinking water from the water bottle and when it was finished, oh, common yeah. sense, you have to leave it in the taxi. The person did it, the taxi driver was fighting the person. That's why like when I want to have an idea, I'm not afraid to share it with anybody. Yeah. I know people copy a lot, but at the end of the day, it's my idea. What I'm telling you, just five percent of it or not, you have no idea. Yeah. Go ahead and do it and just flip, and I'll come and then like you open the way for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see I'll see where not to go. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's important. I didn't even have to do the market research. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so guys, yeah. so whenever we are wrapping up, we ask everyone like a car we day and then you have to say what you think about Accra. Basically, minus Accra with a, and I'll say everybody for chocolate. Ni Accra with a. You like food, though. Nothing there. Nothing there happened. Oko Accra with a. The story continues. Oh. Uh, uh, you have to skip it. You were here the last time. You were here the last time. Smoke. No. Finally, me. Hey, Jemila said we should skip first. Yeah, skip. Accra with a. Accra make date. Ah, good one. Are you sure you don't want to add up? I cry as a target. That's oh, there you go. Don't 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 go. Don